0: Okay, just a reminder, today is the last day, maybe tomorrow, if I don't get to take it down, to sign up for Reimagine Motherhood membership. If you are new to my email list, you are probably being inundated with emails this last week, and that's because I am so passionate about helping women, and I think that my program, Reimagine Motherhood, is the perfect vehicle to help women. So you don't get this many emails usually, and starting next week, we'll go back to one email a week. But if you're not on my email list, you can go to JanetQuinland.com forward slash membership and sign up for Reimagine Motherhood, my coaching membership for moms. You'll get more information there. All right, let's get on to the episode. Hi, and welcome to episode number 166, The Gift of Grandparents. Before I begin, I just want to have two shout outs. One, two... Houston. Michael and I were down there a few weeks ago and we had such a great time. We had uh, a really great group on a Friday night, couples, and our talk was what we know now that we wish we knew then. And um, I just loved meeting some of you all and um, the questions that you asked were really, really good. And I wished I could have spent more time with you. But then the next day, uh, I spoke to a group of men on what sons need from their dads and what daughters need from their dads. And again, just amazing, amazing parents. And um, you dads, you had some great, great questions. So uh, it was really, really fun. And then last week, I had a workshop uh, up in Chicago with about 90 women, and we had really a beautiful time i I looked out at these this group of women and you know what it was just you all are so amazing and you don't even know it because you're you're so overwhelmed and you're so dealing with everything but you are doing such a great job you I think we must have had about 20 babies there with ninety women it was really amazing um, but anyway thank you so much for having me and it was great to meet as many as I could. And, um, yeah, I just, I love speaking to, uh, groups of hungry, young, and not so young women. So anyway, thanks for having me. All right. So today, uh, I want to talk about grandparents and if you're a grandparent, hopefully this will help. And if you are dealing with, uh, your mother in law or your own mother, then maybe this might give a little bit of perspective. So, um, On the feast of St. Joseph, actually, I was in my room praying, and uh, I looked across the room, and I happened to glance over at my dresser, and there is a picture of my grandpa, my mom's dad, and it's a black and white picture. He's in a white tux, looking his handsome self with this kind of smirk of a smile that he always had, and he's looking straight into the camera like... I see you looking at me, the picture was taken at my mom's wedding day, and he just looks so proud as the father of the bride. And as I looked at the picture, I started to cry. I cried because I missed this man so much. Now, you need to understand, he died when I was in fifth grade, 50 50 years ago. And yet here I am, a grown woman crying over a grandpa she misses. I cried these tears of thanksgiving for the few wonderful memories I can still remember. Like when he would sit me on his lap in the car in the parking lot and let me drive the car around the parking lot. And then he would tell me, don't tell grandma, or he would be in big trouble. It was kind of our little secret. Or when he would scoop me up and give me a big hug. He was a big man. He was about 6'3", I think, or so, and his strong arms would just envelop me. I remembered his hair. He had great, thick, wavy hair, and he would let me comb it, which I know sounds kind of creepy, but actually, it was such great hair, it was kind of fun to comb. And he would just sit there with his eyes closed, you know, like a baby when you stroke their face, they would just sit and kind of get, go into a trance. That's kind of what he did. And the funny thing is, is that he was rather a stern man. He was, um, you know, very serious to everyone else. But to me and to my mom, I know for sure, and probably to her sister, he would always look at me with kind of a twinkle in his eye, like we had a little secret between us, and he was very tender with me. I remember dancing with him when I was a little girl at my uncle's wedding. Stern, serious, big men in the 60s just didn't do silly dances with anyone, except maybe their granddaughter. And I remember the day he took me to the park and got into the sandbox with me with his big, black, wingtip dress shoes. So after 50 years, I still miss him and I still cry for him. And I think that's love. I think that's the pure definition of love. My tears are tears of joy and thanksgiving that I had such a great grandpa in my life. My grandma taught me how to play Rummy 500. And when she visited during my junior high years, she was my best friend when all the other girls at school decided they didn't like me. On my dad's side, my grandpa was a hard-working, no-nonsense, non-emotional Polish immigrant, except when he looked at me. He was the kindest, gentlest man with the bluest eyes who treated me like the sun rose and set on me. My grandma broke all the rules with us and let us eat all the Klotchkes and candy we wanted and let us stay up past midnight watching their black and white TV. My parents did not leave us there often, but when they did, what a great time we had. And I asked my mom once, did it bother you that my grandma broke all the rules? It was her mother-in-law. And she said, nope, I just knew that's who she was. You all turned out okay. So why am I telling you this? Well, I'd like to offer to all of you, whether you're a mom, a grandma, or somewhere in between, children don't need much. They don't have to have all the fancy vacations and the expensive toys. They don't need the latest and greatest tech. They don't need a multitude of memories. They won't remember them all anyway. They just need a few. They don't need all those things unless we condition them to believe they do by giving in to the peer pressure that we feel and that they feel. The big treat my grandma gave us was a handful of stick pretzels for a snack. Seriously, I kid you not. We were jubilant to stick our hand in the bag and take out as many as our little hands could hold. That's it. A fistful of pretzels. It brought me so much joy. Your grandchildren just need connection with you. They want to hear about you and your life, and they want you to listen to them and their life. They want you to be interested in their struggles and their joys, in what's going on in school. They want you to be the person that will listen to them, that might cry with them, and that will certainly rejoice with them. They need eye contact and slow down time with you, just being together. They don't need you to never lose your patience or to be the perfect grandma or the perfect mom. They just want to experience life with you. Maybe you can teach them to knit or crochet or sew or paint or play a musical instrument or play cards or some other game. Just you and them without tech distractions, and with intention. Write them letters. Give them something of you. I have all my grandma's letters she wrote me when I was in junior high. I have my grandpa's old wallet because he gave it to me when he got a new one. I have my grandma's pierogi and klotsky recipes. I have part of them, and even as a grandma now myself, I cherish the parts of my grandparents. So let your hair down, be yourself, be engaged, interact with them. Instead of buying them a gift for their birthday or Christmas maybe, take them horseback riding or bowling or some other activity that you do together. We started this, oh, a few years ago. We decided we were done with toys. So when the grandchildren turn six, we start either having them over to spend the night, just the one, unless they're nervous coming by themselves and then they can invite a sibling. And then we take them places on other birthdays. And we have been horseback riding twice. We have been to hockey games and baseball games. And we've been to the Fox Theater for a show. And uh, we've been to the aquarium and, oh my gosh, we've been to Paint Me Pottery and just on and on. We've been to all these great places, just experiencing life with them and creating a great memory. The toys will get pitched. They'll get broken or they won't get used. Create a memory and take pictures of you and them together. And to all you young moms, two things I want to offer you. When I was two, we moved five hours away from my grandparents. We saw them a few times a year for a few days each time we saw them. The memories I have, the love I feel was built on those short visits. So if you live far away from your parents, your children's grandparents, and you worry that your children won't have the experience and memories of them, don't worry. Talk about the grandparents a lot you can FaceTime them now. When I was young, there weren't phones to call so easily. It had to be after 10 o'clock on a Sunday night in order to get the cheap rate. But now you can FaceTime them. Set a calendar reminder to have the children FaceTime their grandparents weekly, at least. And then be purposeful about your visits. And the second point I want to make to young moms is let go of your expectations that you may have for either your parents as grandparents, or your husband's parents as grandparents. We, grandparents, we don't automatically know how to be a grandparent. It's an on-the-job learning curve, and sometimes we'll get it wrong. Be patient with us. We've had grandchildren now for 10 years, and we're still figuring it out. And actually, I think we'll be adjusting as the children get older and as we welcome more into the family. Number 19 is due in August. I think a big source of conflict can come as soon as a baby is born. Moms have expectations. Grandparents have expectations. Moms may expect us to help out with a baby. Grandmas may expect to be there during those first weeks of the baby. Or maybe a mom doesn't want grandma moving in after the baby, or her grandma doesn't want to be there 24-7 after a baby. Moms, If you need something, ask, but don't demand and don't expect. And don't make your mother's or your mother-in-law's actions mean anything in particular. They just aren't grandmas who are going to be there day in and day out helping you with the baby. And if your mother-in-law or your mom kind of moves in and you really don't want them there, just thank them for their help. Tell them how they can help how much you'd appreciate it if they could help in a certain way, but that you'd really like to just be alone with your husband and your children. Grandmas, if you want to do something, ask, but don't assume that your presence is wanted or needed. Ask. Your daughter's babies or your daughter-in-law's babies are not your babies. So know your boundaries and ask. When I had babies, my mom worked full time, so I didn't have anyone during the day to help. Michael came home from work and we figured out how to get everything that needed to get done, done. I take my grandchildren to spend the night while my daughter and daughters-in-law are in the hospital, and then I send them home with a meal. That's how I help. Moms, let us be ourselves as we try to form a bond with your children as long as being ourselves doesn't cross serious boundaries and when you think we've crossed a boundary come to us with curiosity empathy and compassion and talk to us without resentment or aggression or maybe without passive aggressiveness just let's give each other the benefit of the doubt and communicate if you are adamant about dietary restrictions When your children come to grandma's house, let grandma know, but also don't be afraid to relax your restrictions if it's not a serious health issue. I have a daughter-in-law who doesn't give the children much, if any, sugar. She lets me give the kids a treat because I don't abuse her relaxing of what they do at home. I've asked, is it okay if I give dessert? And she will say, yeah, sure. And so I do. I get to give them a treat but I don't give them 10 treats. I respect her. They are her children. And she has a right to parent them the way she wants, just like my other daughter-in-law and my own daughter. They all have the right and the privilege to parent their children and to expect others to parent them the same way. If you expect your children to be in bed at a certain time, Tell the grandma, give a little leeway, but if your requests are flagrantly ignored, then from a place of acceptance of who your parents or in-laws are, like my grandma, who let us stay up way past midnight, just set up loving boundaries. Boundaries don't have to be harsh. They are requests from the place of, you are who you are, and that's okay, but this is what we want, and that's okay too. So like I said, When I asked my mom later as an adult, how did you feel about her mother-in-law, my grandma, letting us stay up after midnight and eating anything and everything that we wanted? And she said, I just knew that's who she was. I wasn't going to fight it. You didn't spend the night there a lot, but it turned out okay. And she was right. It was all okay. It was one night where we got to eat whatever we wanted and one night where we fell asleep in front of the TV. It was not a big deal. So, grandmas and moms, have your result in mind, your end result in mind. What kind of relationship do you want to have with your grandchildren? Moms, what kind of relationship do you want your children to have? And then think clearly about the actions you'll need to take to accomplish that outcome. We really wanted to have fun with our grandchildren, and that's why we stopped giving the toys And we started having birthdays be an experience with grandma and grandpa. And it's turning out really, really well. And as the kids get older, I have grandma camp in mind, but we're not quite there. We might be there this year, but if not this year, for sure next year, where I hope I can have the older ones over for a few hours and we can do arts and crafts and we can do all kinds of fun things. I had thought... Before the first one was born, we would have grandma camp immediately. Well, once we started having, okay, so we have, let's see, we have 16 grandchildren under the age of 10. (laughs) So we have two older than that, but you could see the grandchildren came fast and furious and we were kind of overwhelmed with all the babies and all the needs of small children so close together. So we pushed grandma camp off for a few years. And I think we're about ready to get there. Um, So anyway, think clearly about your actions and what you're going to do to accomplish that result. And in order to do that, what's the thought and the feeling that you need to have to create those actions? So my thought was, I want to really have fun with the grandchildren. I want our family to be close-knit. It doesn't just happen by accident. It happens through physical, emotional, and spiritual connection. So once you know your outcome, once you know the actions that you'll take to have that outcome become a reality, and once you know what your thoughts and feelings are in order to do those actions, then enjoy and connect and create those beautiful memories that your grandchildren will recall when they're 50 and 60 years old. All right, everybody, have a great week. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be, the woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com